You're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Now, here's the OTI guys. Hello and welcome back to another OTI podcast. This is our New Year's Day special, I guess we'll call it DJ. We're previewing the wildcard weekend of the NFL playoffs and uh, really looking forward to getting through some of the stuff on the show today. We're going to be joined by Ross Tucker, who has his own, let's call the kind of a empire of podcasts going at the minute. So looking forward to talking to him. He played in the league for seven years. So looking forward to talking a little bit about the weekend's games. DJ, as always, uh, welcome to the show. Yeah, Colin, great to be back and kicking off the new year with a preview podcast for the wildcard round of the playoffs. Yeah, as I tweeted out as well, DJ this night, uh, Happy New Year to everyone listening to the show and if our followers on Twitter and if our subscribers to the podcast. It was a good uh, 2014 here for Overtime Ireland. We hope to push things on, move it along quite nicely in 2015. So as we go into the playoffs, uh, an exciting time of the year uh, for all NFL fans. Well, for NFL fans, I suppose that their teams are still involved in the playoffs, but we're going to get some great matches coming up in the next few weeks. As always, DJ, when we start the show, we do like to plug our website, OvertimeIreland.com. Our Twitter handle is at OvertimeIreland. Do follow us there if you're not already doing so. First time listening to the show, maybe you just check out the show on our Twitter feed. Make sure you have subscribed. Uh, you can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, so on and so forth. Do please give us a su- subscription there. It's uh, obviously free of charge. We're bringing this free twice a week throughout the season and throughout the playoffs, and we'll see what happens then as we go into the off season. Last Word on Sport are partnered with us here at Overtime Ireland. They have a fantastic website promoting a wide range of sports. Uh, they've you covered for all sports, as the name does suggest. Their Twitter handle is at Last Word on Sport. Their website is lastwordonsport.com. And they have a fantastic radio network going now, the Last Word on Sport radio network. Overtime Ireland is up there along with a number of other fantastic shows and podcasts. So do check that out as well. DJ, um, we're going to get Ross Tucker on to talk to... Also about some of the games, obviously Ross played in the National Football League for seven years, played with the Dallas Cowboys, the New England Patriots, the Washington Redskins and the Buffalo Bills. So going to get some of his thoughts on the news of the week as well as some of the upcoming games of this wildcard weekend. So let's get Ross on the show and let's start previewing the weekend right away. Want to know who's going to win every NFL game this weekend? It's time for the OTI Weekend Preview. Back on the show again is Ross Tucker. Uh, Ross played in the NFL for seven years, was it Ross? It was, yeah, 2001 and 2008. Yeah, and most of you know we got plenty of tweets in because uh, Ross is going to be back on the show. Ross has his own podcast, the Rock, Ross Tucker Football Podcast. He has the Even Money Podcast with Evan Silva, and he has the Fantasy Feast Podcast as well. So a bit of a podcast empire going, Ross, and uh, you often talk about the, the football sickness. Well, I think uh, we definitely have it. I'm sitting here, it's uh, New Year's morning, and uh, I, I'm battling through the, the flu. So uh, looking forward to talking some of the games this weekend with you. Yeah, likewise. I'm a little under the weather myself, Tom. So we've got that in uh, we've got that in common, bud. Yeah, it seems to be going around. It always happens this time of the year when the, the celebrations and so forth are going on. We're going to talk through some of the games, Ross, for the wild card weekend. The first game up is the Arizona Cardinals taking on the the Carolina Panthers in Carolina. It's an interesting one, this uh, Carolina obviously had a, a very poor mid-season. They finished the season strong with those four wins going into the playoffs now for the wild card weekend. Could they be a team that's getting hot at the right time? Well, they absolutely are, and it feels like this is a game with two teams that are going in different directions. You know, obviously, Arizona has had a very difficult situation at the quarterback position to deal with. They had a pretty tough schedule down the stretch as well. Kudos to them for getting 11 wins and getting into the postseason, considering all they've had to overcome. But right now, there's no question that the Carolina Panthers are playing at a higher level. This is a tough spot for Arizona. I don't think Carolina 
is that dominant or playing that well that Arizona can't knock them off. I just think it's going to be tough. Yeah, you know, Dave, Gettleman, or Dave Gettleman does a terrific job. Yeah, you look at all the pieces. Mike Remmers at right tackle, Norwell at left guard. A couple guys he picked up as basically undrafted free agents. You know, Remmers was on the Rams practice squad. And even on the back end, Trey Boston and um, Ben A. Ben Wickery. It's just amazing how many rookies are making significant contributions to the Panthers and really playing well right now. Yeah, they have been playing well, in particular running the ball. Jonathan Stewart looks like, you know, something like they were expecting to get when they drafted him. He's been playing fantastic. The interesting thing's going to be uh, D'Angelo Williams could be back this week. It's, he's expected back anyway. I think they should stick with uh, Jonathan Stewart rather than go back to Williams because Stewart's running far better than Williams was at any stage of the season. You mentioned there, obviously, they're playing the Cardinals. I have a, a stat here that uh, since 1950, only Ron Jaworski has less touchdowns thrown entering his start in a playoff game. Uh, uh, Lindley obviously with only two touchdowns in his career so far but you had Greg Cassell on the podcast yesterday and he was saying that he thought Ryan Lindley offered the Cardinals out of the quarterback's left I suppose maybe that's not setting up but out of the quarterback's left offers him the best chance in this game well you know what happened is I think he made a, some big strides between his first start against Seattle and his second start against San Francisco now I think part of that might be the opposition <laughs> you know Seattle's defense played a lot better and the Niners' defense is right now. But Greg just felt as if Ryan throws the ball better than Drew Stanton and gives them a chance. Because the problem is he really stares down his receivers at times. And Carolina not only has that secondary, it's been opportunistic. I think they have the best pair of, you know, pass coverage linebackers in the NFL in Thomas Davis and Luke Geekley, yeah. which is really, really going to make it tough for Ryan Lindley in that game because those guys are going to be all over anything underneath. going to have to go deep. The bottom line, Michael Floyd and Larry Fitzgerald are going to have to make the plays for him. Yeah, it's going to come down to those two on the outside and obviously the Brown as well, but he, he does a lot underneath. We're Looking at this game, I, I'm finding it hard to, to pick either way. I think you'll have to lean with the, the Panthers being at home, but the defense of the, the Cardinals was super at the start of the year, particularly against the run. They hadn't given up a 100-yard rusher until that game against the, the Falcons a couple of weeks back when Steven, Steven Jackson got 100 yards. Looking at this game, do you think, obviously with the injuries to quarterback, the defense has dropped down a bit? I'm sure they're going to step up in this one, but you know if they, if they can't keep the, the rushing game of the, the Panthers you know, to a, a sufficient level, obviously with uh, Newton running the ball and Jonathan Stewart, I think they could get uh, really demolished in this game if they, if they don't stop that run game. Is that, is that the key to this game, do you think? I'm surprised that Arizona's run defense has taken the step back that it has. Yeah the last couple weeks, and that doesn't bode real well because Carolina is eerily similar in terms of the quarterback runs and what Jonathan Stewart has done recently. Now, I guess if you're looking for a silver lining, you could say that at least Arizona should be comfortable with it, having gone up against some similar teams and practiced against it the last couple weeks. So picking a winner now, I'm going with a... I'm going to have to go with the Panthers just after all the stuff we've talked through. Are you, are you expecting the Panthers win this weekend too? Yeah, no question. I, like I said, I wouldn't be shocked if Arizona won, but I just think the way these teams are going right now, you got to go Carolina. Next up is the Ravens and the Steelers. Six of their last seven regular season games have finished with a, a score of three points either way, three points or less either way. Do you think this is going to be a very tight game? And I suppose Le'Veon Bell's status is going to be key to how this game turns out. I do. I, I do think it's going to be a close game. Really, I think it's going to be a close game 
whether Le'Veon Bell plays or not. I don't anticipate that he will when we, you know, as of us mm-hmm. recording this morning on New Year's Day. But um, I think if he plays, the Steelers win a close game. If he doesn't play, the Ravens win a close game. I think he makes that much of a difference. I just think, you know, they're basically one-dimensional if they don't have him. I don't think they're going to be very effective running the ball at all. And I know the Ravens' secondary has struggled, and I know that that's probably what the Ravens, you know, what the Steelers are going to do anyway is throw the ball. But I think that's still a lot to ask, you know, to be totally one-dimensional and have that offensive line pass, you know, pass block against Suggs, Jumerville, McPhee, and Haloti Nada all game long. Yeah, that's something obviously you would have experienced. To see if you're you're playing offensive line, say you're running back, you're starting running back anyways out of the game and you're going to have to pass more in the game. Obviously that there puts a lot of strain on that offensive line. You're mentioning there Terrell Suggs and so on. It's, it's going to be a real tough game for the Steelers if they can't run the ball. Correct. I mean, because, you know, now he did that last time and he lit them up, Ben Roethlisberger did, and he might be able to again. And I'm sure they'll make some plays in the passing game. I just don't know if it's enough. I mean, to me, it feels like about a 20-17, 23-20 victory for the Ravens if Bell does not play. Yeah, I'm with you on the, the situation with Bell. I think the Steelers will get enough done and will get the win if he plays. But then if he doesn't play, it really swings the momentum. I, I don't think he's going to play, but I, th- I still think the way Ben Roethlisberger has been playing in recent weeks, and you have Bryant there now playing on the outside as a deep threat, and then you have Antonio Brown, who has had an absolutely phenomenal season this year, possibly the best wide receiver in the entire league. Uh, I think I'm going to have to go with the Steelers win at home, and being a division rival, they know so much about each other, and I'd been talking up Joe Flacco, I'd say, three or four weeks ago about how consistent he's been, but then in the, in the last few weeks, and if you look at the th- first three quarters last week again, he they haven't really moved the ball that well, and they've got away from the run game a bit. So I'm going to have to give a win here to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Are you with Bell out? Uh, and as we as we record, are you going to predict a, a Ravens win in this one? That is correct. I'm going to take the Ravens <laughs> by close margin. Yeah, we're going opposites on this one. And uh, the next game up then is the Detroit Lions are heading down to Dallas. You know, Sue was suspended. He's not suspended now. He's picking up a seventy thousand dollar fine, and they're going down to face Tony Romo and Co. and uh, this is this is an intro. We'll start off with Sue. Obviously, it's been talked about a lot this week. Did you think he should have been sus- or, uh, suspended in the first place? And then, did you think they were right to take away the suspension and give him the fine? Yeah, I absolutely thought that he should have been suspended. I, I just don't think that there's a place in the NFL for anybody that intentionally trying to do harm or injure another player. And, and that's why I was surprised and disappointed with the NFL's ruling because they ruled that they thought he did it on purpose. They just didn't think it was enough to merit a suspension. Instead, it was a $70,000 fine. But I don't know, Calm. I mean, if trying to injure, intentionally trying to injure an opponent doesn't get you suspended, what, yeah. what message are you sending? Now, they, they would say that they're still sending a very strong message, and, and maybe they are, but I don't know. It almost feels like the NFL doesn't want to have to... Uh, play a playoff game without Indominus Sue out there. Yeah, I think as well. I think they give him the suspension, and then I thought once they give it to him, the, the appeal, I thought there was a good chance that it was going to be overturned on appeal. I thought if they'd have given him a two-match suspension, they would have re- rescinded it down to one. So it was an interesting situation. I think, as you mentioned, if you can go around standing on quarterbacks' uh, ankles like that in particular, the possibly the MVP of the league. I know it shouldn't matter who the player is, but still, uh, I think there should have been a stronger precedent taken, and there is a... You know, if you look back at the history, and when you look back last week, um, 
Rayola for the for the Lions also got a one game suspension. I don't know uh, the difference between the two. I suppose maybe Sumit has luck a little bit more accidental. But on to the game now. Tony Romo, we mentioned earlier the 49ers defense. When we talked about Ryan Lindley. Well, they still finished in the top 10 defenses in the National Football League this year. And uh, Tony Romo only faced two teams that finished with top 10 defenses this year the Seahawks and the 49ers. In those two games, a 63.8 quarterback rating and then he threw three touchdowns and three interceptions in those games and then if you look at the if you look at the other 13 games he played he, that's when he racked up all the stats he had 31 touchdowns and only six interceptions in those games so do you think uh, maybe we'll see when he's going against the Lions this week we'll see a, a dip in production from Tony Romo who has been fantastic all year long you know I think he's especially played well down the stretch I think he's on a roll as well now the Lions have a defensive line that's good enough to wreck a game and good enough to to counteract that that Cowboys offensive line, stuff the run and get after Romo. So he's got to do a good job of getting rid of the ball. But he he has just been so good in December that I expect that to continue. I don't care who they're playing. Yeah, and if you look last week, Rogers obviously was hobbling around on uh, kind of one leg. He didn't have, you know, the the escapability that he normally has. And you look at Tony Romo, he has got DeMarco Murray in the backfield. He's got Des Bryant on the outside. So I think uh, they'll be looking at the Packers game plan last week and taking a lot out of that there. And, you know, if Sue hadn't been playing here, I would have given the the Lions little to no chance. Uh, I think at this stage, it's, it's a slim opportunity. The only thing, the Cowboys haven't been as good at home as they have been on the road. They've been phenomenal on the road. I'm I'm going to have to go with a with a win here for the Dallas Cowboys at home. Are you gonna Are you gonna go with the Cowboys too? I'm going with the Cowboys. I do think that the Lions, you know, because of guys like Golden Tate and Reggie Bush and Calvin Johnson, yeah. that they can make enough plays on offense. They could win this game. I think it's going to be a terrific game. I'm going to be on the sideline for it for Westwood awesome. One. Really, really looking forward to that. Uh, but I'm going to take the Cowboys ultimately as well. Because they are on such a roll heading into the postseason, so and Detroit kind of kind of stumbling in a little bit. So I'll be taking the Cowboys. Yeah, it's, it should be a good game to be at. I think, we're, as you mentioned there, I think the Lions are going to have to respond by putting up points because I think the Cowboys are put up points. So I think you're you're in for a, a very very good game there when you're on the sideline. Just a couple of questions left for us. We have uh, Doug Marone obviously left his position with the Buffalo Bills yesterday. You played at the Bills. How uh, do you think that situation came about? Do you think that he was given another offer before he left, or do you think he just with the new, the new ownership there and that that he thought it was time to get out? I, I don't think he would. You know, with with Buffalo supposedly poised to offer him a a long term contract extension, reportedly um, he must have something else going because he wouldn't have he wouldn't have turned that down no. if if he had nothing else going. So. I'm quite sure he already knows where he's going to end up and we'll all find out in a matter of a couple of days. And uh, on that one, we got a question and on it from Tom Marshall. And it was something I thought about last night when I heard the news. Obviously, they have no first-round pick this year. They traded up with the, the Cleveland Browns last year to get Sammy Watkins. And really, unless they go back to EJ Manuel, they have no quarterback. Can you blame him for stepping away from that situation? No, and you know what? You know what he did, Tom? He had a nice job with his agent, the way his agent structured the contract. Yeah, obviously you don't so know. So if you're going to blame anybody, you're going to blame the Bills. And Doug Marone did what was best for him, just like everybody else in the NFL does. You know, that that's the bottom line. He did what was best for him, just like everybody else picked in the NFL. That's the reality. Yeah, you often talk about the players as well. You have to get that money when it's going good. We've seen this year with... Um 
Carson Palmer, he signed that contract and was it two or three days later he tore his knee ligament. So he got he got the money at the time and you see that so often. The the last question up now is uh, one that you can answer better than anyone, I'm sure, and it's Adam Nichols. He asked about uh, some offensive linemen, particularly guards, to watch in the, the wildcard weekend. Yeah, it, 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 this weekend or in the draft? And uh, this weekend. Oh, yeah. Well, my favorite guard right now to watch would be Zach Martin from the Cowboys. I've been really impressed, Carl, that a rookie who played left tackle at Notre Dame can come in and play as well as he has at right guard. I mean, you're in a different stance. You're at a different position. You know, it, it, things happen a lot faster. You're going against bigger guys. He is truly a remarkable player. I've been so impressed that he's been able to do that. Yeah, he's a phenomenal. Obviously, they passed up on Johnny Manziel to get him, so that looks like a, a fantastic decision. I just As we talked, a question was tweeted, in, and it's a question I need to put to a player when you're on. How much community work uh, do the teams expect from players over this period? I suppose if teams are out of the playoffs, um, they have more free time. But you know how around the Christmas and New Year's time, do a lot of players do extra charity work and that sort of stuff? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, there's always charity things going on this time of year. I don't know that I'd say the players do extra. I think a lot of guys try to try to save the heavy lifting for the off season. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I think any guys that have foundation, charitable work, they might do some stuff during the season, but by and large, they try to do whatever they can to to save that stuff for the off season. Because then they have a lot more free time. I mean, these guys from the teams that are out of it, they don't have to report until April, most yeah. of them. So they've got a lot of time for that kind of stuff. No, I just let that there come in just as we were talking, so I thought I'd throw it to you now in case we don't have a former player on for a few weeks. And uh, obviously, Ross, it's been great talking to you. Hopefully you'll enjoy that Cowboys game while you're down there in Dallas. It should be, it should be a fascinating one. It's the one I'm looking most forward to this weekend, and it uh, should, be, should be a great game. Thanks, as always, for coming on. Anyone that's listening, check Ross out on Twitter. It's at Ross Tucker NFL, and a number of fantastic podcasts going on with Ross. So thanks, as always, Ross. Yeah, I appreciate it, Coleman. If you want to check out any of the podcasts, over at RossTucker.com. I continue to be so impressed with the knowledge of you guys over there and, and how passionate you are about it. Pretty pretty darn cool, and it makes me feel proud that kind of America's sport is growing like this. So thanks for listening, and hopefully you'll, uh, you'll give my podcast a try when you get a chance. Hi, this is Harry Carson, former New York Giant and Pro Football Hall of Famer. You're listening to Overtime Ireland. That was uh, Ross Tucker on the show you heard there. Harry Carson, former guest of the OTI podcast. We're talking about the playoffs, and obviously a man that done very well in the playoffs in his time in the National Football League. Harry Carson uh, won a couple of Super Bowls and is in the Hall of Fame. So Ross was uh, fantastic to have on there. DJ was a lot of fun getting his thoughts, getting some of his thoughts on the you know the whole thing with the Buffalo Bills, Doug Marone. He was with the Bills for a time in his career. But we're going to go on, DJ. The only game we didn't cover was the game between the Bengals and the Colts. So we'll get straight into that now, DJ. Any thoughts that you have? Obviously, this game has been played in Indianapolis in the Lucas Oil Stadium. Uh, Andrew Luck has a very, very good record at home. The Bengals, the last time they played the Colts, had a bit of a shutout here uh, at the start of the season. So this was kind of the first game after, remember, DJ, when the Bengals were in such a role at the start of the year. They played the, the Patriots, and the Patriots beat them. There was kind of the game that the Patriots got over that hump of a number of bad losses in a row. Then uh, they went here and played the Colts, and the Colts really took care of business at home in a, in a shutout. Do you see uh, another shutout here? I'm sure that's not going to happen, but the Bengals obviously had a big win against 
the Broncos two weeks ago on Monday Night Football then they played last week and had a, a disappointing loss for them I'm sure you know lost out in the division title and so on and so forth do you think we'll see a big bounce back here from the Bengals and obviously AJ Green's status still up in the air as, uh, as we record he's going to be a game time decision but not looking like he's going to be 100% anyway yeah Colm you mentioned that it's at Lucas Oil Stadium and I think the Cincinnati Bengals are going to be hoping that Andrew Luck's hands and gloves are covered in oil and quite slippy <laughs> because they haven't won a playoff game since 1990 and it's really difficult to see them getting a win here, especially when it is in Indianapolis. I'd like to see them get a win because I think they're probably easier to beat than the Colts will be, but you have to face the team that you're put up against. Yeah, did you all agree there, you know, going on teams? Obviously, the Patriots have already bet both these teams this year, and one of them was on the road when they won in Lucas Oil Stadium. But it is gonna be, it's going to be a tough game, I think. It's not going to be as easy for the Colts as it was the first time around, but I think that was a tough blow playing on Sunday Night Football last week, losing to the Steelers for the Bengals. But I'm sure they'll have that shook out of their mind, and they'll be looking forward to this game. The problem that the Colts are going to have is, really, they have uh, not much of a running game, really, since Mad Bradshaw went out earlier in the season. Trent Richardson has not had a good year. That their trade with the Browns is looking better for the Browns each and every week that goes by. Andrew Lux had a, another good season, broke the Colts passing yardage record for a season that was held by Peyton Manning previously. And, uh, you know, he, he's had to throw the ball all season long. He's going to have, probably have to do the same here again. The interesting thing in this game will be if the Colts can get a lead early, can the Bengals respond? You know, it's they're wanting to run the ball with Jeremy Hill, try to get the ball into Giovanni Bernard's hands as well, maybe on some screen plays and so on. But if the Bengals go down early on, I think it's going to be a bit of a, a struggle for them to get back into it. Andrew Lux had a, a couple of games here in a row where he hasn't took care of the ball. He's been turning the ball over quite a bit in the last four weeks. And, you know, people obviously talk about Andrew Luck and how good he is, but people don't obviously talk so, sometimes about he gets himself into those situations for those late comebacks. But I guess when you get the wins, that's all that matters. So key, key in any game, DJ, and definitely key in the playoffs, taking control of the ball. Don't turn it over and, and see what happens from there. But I have a feeling here, if the, the Colts can get ahead early, I think they'll hold, hold serve and win this game quite easily. But AJ Green, DJ, major, major uh, talking point, obviously, with his injury. Everyone wants to see the best players in the playoffs. And, you know, AJ Green's the best wide receiver on this team by a mile. Arguably the top three or four wide receivers in the National Football League. So that injury that he picked up against the Broncos and then obviously re-injured it against the Steelers is going to be a major a major issue for them here. So I think we'll see the Bengals trying to run the ball. And I mentioned if they fall behind early, it's going to struggle. But if they get ahead early, DJ, I suppose it all falls into the Bengals' hands. So it's going to be a very interesting one. I'm looking forward to it. This game is going to be on at five past six UK and Irish time. So it's the early Sunday game and it's going to be on in, you know, in around one one o five Eastern time as well for any of the US listeners. So it is going to be a fascinating game, and obviously we have games this Saturday and Sunday, so for the playoffs, uh, it's always good to get that double help and, uh, you know, we get live action <laughs> two days in a row, so it's going, to, it's going to be a lot of fun this weekend. So, DJ, we'll go now for a final prediction. Uh, who's going to win this game? Yeah, Colm, I'm going with the Colts, based on Andy Dalton only threw 19 touchdown passes and 17 interceptions in the season, and Andrew Luck threw 40 touchdown passes, so I'm going to go with the Colts winning luck probably to add a few touchdowns to that stat for the season. Yeah, it'll be interesting too, DJ. Kobe Fleener's come on a real, real uh, amount in the last five or six weeks. I've been very impressed with him at tight end. So, you know, there's some nice weapons. And T.Y. Hilton obviously has a few weeks there to recover from that injury that he had. So he should be going uh, close to 100% this week. And he's been absolutely fantastic in the receiving game, both on long passes and then the shorter underneath ones, getting yards after the catch. So 
I, I think there's a lot of positives here, and obviously the injury to AJ Green's a, a key talking point in this one. Have to say, uh, Andrew Luck at home. We all remember the game last week on this weekend, the wild card weekend, when they were down to the the Kansas City Chiefs, and he sparked a heroic comeback in that. There, I think it was either the biggest or second biggest come from behind victory in the playoffs in NFL history. So. I have to say, uh, I think Andrew Luck and Cole will take care of the ball this week, which is something that he needs to learn a bit more. And uh, I think they'll probably win this game by around 7 to 10 points. I think it'll be comfortable enough for them in the end. DJ, obviously we have left some of the coaching talk to uh, this, stage of the, this stage of the podcast. A lot of stuff going on. Black Monday, obviously, at the start of the week. We talked about some of those changes earlier in the week. There has been a few other ones. I talked with Ross about Doug Marone and the Buffalo Bills situation. Uh, any updates there on some of the, the coaching tracking situations? You'll come on Wednesday, uh, Jim Hazlitt left the Washington Redskins coaching staff with by a saved class to the mutual pardon of the ways. There was a number of coaches on Monday who didn't leave with mutual pardon of the ways. One that actually did was San Francisco's Jim Harbaugh. He's off to Michigan. And mm, getting quite a bit of money for his little move down to his alma mater. Yeah, um, I know. Tweeted out during the week, come a lot of interest from teams like the 49ers and Patriots offensive coordinator Josh McDaniel. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. A lot of interest in him. And thankfully, one team that hasn't went looking for him yet is the New York Jets, who fired both Rex Ryan and John Idzik on Monday. You know, we talked about that on Monday, DJ, and uh, you mentioned there Josh McDaniels. You know, that he's been linked with a couple of teams, I think. He had a chance in Denver, and it didn't all work out that well for him. So we'll see. We'll see what happens if he does get another head coaching job. Maybe I think it's a bit too early for him yet. I think he'll stick a little bit longer with Bill Belichick. But sometimes when these opportunities come around, you just have to take them because maybe in two or three years' time down the road, it won't happen. So it's always it's always an interesting one. You mentioned there uh, Hazlitt leaving the Redskins, and you know their defense this season has been very very poor. So I'm really no surprise. Looks like the rest of the coaching staff are going to stay in sync there. The main one, DJ, that I'd be taking away is uh, Dan Quinn. He's he scheduled for an interview with San Francisco 49ers, and uh, he's obviously the defensive coordinator with, with the Seattle Seahawks, so he'll be on high demand. You know, he, he was in demand last year, but they got to the Super Bowl, so that there kind of knocked him out of a couple of opportunities to interview, so I think he's going to try and get into this one. It'll be interesting if he stays in division, goes to the rival. It'll be interesting to see uh, between the 49ers and Pete Carroll next season. There'll be a bit of, I'm sure there'll be a bit of banter between the two of them. Um, the other one, DJ, obviously, is Adam Gaze up there in uh, Denver. Chance with the, He's an offensive coordinator with the Broncos. Whether he cashes in now on his success with Peyton Manning or if he leaves it another year or two until Manning retires, it'll be interesting to see. But he's got a number of opportunities coming up as well. Of course, Rex Ryan, I said he wouldn't be able to work too long. He's got a couple of key uh, interviews lined up, one of them with the Atlanta Falcons. So, obviously, they have huge issues on the defensive side of the ball. You know, He's the sort of guy who could go in and sort that out for them. So there's lots of stuff going on these in the coaching track. I'm sure it'll be a lot more clear in the next week or two as to what goes on. These oper- or these vacancies don't stay open all that long. A number of teams looking for you know key scenarios or key get in get in their players quickly, not players get in their coaches quickly and get it started out as they head towards the draft and schedule the off season programs and so on. We're talking DJ obviously playoffs in the show, the wild card weekend coming up. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, uh, you you, thought, you tweeted out that the season was over for the Packers and things weren't looking all that good. Well, thankfully, uh, the season isn't over. They're going, got this bye this week. Hopefully, we'll get Rodgers close to 100%. He actually said that on his radio show this week that he thought that his, uh, he had torn his Achilles, so a lot better than he thought at the time. And obviously, he was taking off the pitch, came back on, led the team to victory. So, you know, 
I think he's the, the league's MVP this year. He's really, really been absolutely superb. No interceptions at home all season. Uh, I think he said, is it four or five on the year in total all the way from home? So hopefully we'll get him uh, close. He says he won't be 100%. Hopefully even uh, get him 80, 80%, 85% will be really happy with that. We'll get him uh, a game at home and it'll be interesting to see who they face after this wildcard weekend. That's what I'm looking forward to in the NFC side, seeing who your team faces after the bye week. So it's going to be, going to be a fascinating weekend, but Aaron Rodgers looks to be you know, on course anyway to be to be playing a significant role next weekend. DJ, we have the, the playoffs, obviously the wild card, everything sorted out. We talked about it before we the wild card sorted out last week. But with the teams in the playoffs now, we kind of have an idea of which way it's going to go depending on which teams won this weekend. What way now do you see it? I'm sure you're still sticking with your New England Patriots to win it, but outside of that, uh, maybe outside of your Patriots, who do you think could win it? Do you have an NFC team that you think could take, make a strong run and maybe an outsider to have a chance as well? Yeah, come on, I think the Seattle Seahawks are going to be very difficult to beat in the NFC, and I would say it could be them and your Green Bay Packers, perhaps, in the NFC championship game, and that could go either way, but really it's difficult to see past the Seahawks from the NFC, and then it all depends on who comes out of the wild card round in the AFC, and who ends up facing the Patriots and the Broncos, and could end up being the Patriots and the Broncos in the AFC Championship game yet again. And yeah, just when you're talking about that, you've gone the, the easy road there, picked the two number one and two seeds, uh, put them against each other in the conference game. Last year, that is kind of the way it worked out, and then we got the two number one overall seeds uh, in each conference in the Super Bowl. Rarely works out that way, and, uh, you know, somebody will probably get knocked off uh, next weekend, and uh, hopefully it's not either of the teams we support, but... That there, that's the way it usually does go in the playoffs. So it'll be interesting that way, DJ. Um, just obviously, from my perspective, it is it's very hard to look past the Patriots uh, from your section, uh, the AFC, and uh, the Broncos were playing a lot better a few weeks ago, in my opinion. And although they have a good formula running the ball now, it'll be interesting to see uh, if they decide to go back to Manning if they do fall behind in the game because you know less opportunities for mistakes in these games, and you're going to have to rely on the quarterback in, in a lot of situations and. I guess there's no better quarterback really to be relying on than Peyton Manning. So uh, it'll be it'll be interesting to see if the Broncos step it back up. I haven't been that impressed with them in recent weeks. There's a few teams that you know were flying a few weeks ago and have kind of maybe they just took their foot off the gas or maybe they need to pick things up rather sharply again. DJ, the wild card weekend this weekend. You know we've gone through all the games, we've picked our picks, but is there any team that you could see out of this wild card weekend winning all their games the rest of the way and winning the Super Bowl? But like the Giants a few years ago, and obviously the same happened with the Baltimore Ravens. So I talked there about the number one, number two seed not making it. Well, them there, two Super Bowl champions, both won from the wild card weekend throughout, and that was two years ago and three years ago's champions. So maybe we'll see something similar. So out of these teams, is there a team that you could pick out that you think wild card weekend can go all the way? In the AFC column, I think it could be if they can keep them all fit, the triple threat of bees in Pittsburgh, and that's Brown, Bell, and Big Ben, and I think if they can stay, keep their players fit, and particularly Le'Veon Bell, the Steelers do have a chance of going all the way, and as we always say, any given Sunday, anything's possible, and the Steelers probably from the AFC, if it's going to be a wildcard team, and I suppose I'll have to go with Dallas in the NFC, Tony Romo's been impressive in recent weeks, and I think they're a team that could go all the way. 
Yeah, I have to agree. You know, the Cowboys look like a team that, you know, they've bet Seattle already in Seattle this season. So they're a team that, you know, could do that again. I'm hoping that it's the Packers have the opportunity to, to face them in the, in the championship game. But, you know, looking on paper, I wouldn't look past the Detroit Lions this week. They haven't been that great in recent weeks. But, you know, I think there's a big game in them. And they, if they were to beat the Cowboys this, this week, it'll be interesting to see how they do going forward. I don't think there's really a team DJ in the NFC, though, that... Outside of the, whoever wins this Cowboys-Lions game, I think the Panthers and the Cardinals aren't going to go all that far after this week. But you mentioned there the, or the Steelers, DJ, and obviously whoever wins that game is going to be a real threat. Uh, I think you know the, the Ravens could take a run at it, but similar to two years ago, I don't know if they'll get all the way. I think it'll be a bit of a stretch this time around. DJ mentioned there Le'Veon Bell, and obviously his status up in the air. They did send by, sign Ben Tate this week, a free agent. This is, this is his fourth team in the last 12 months. But he'll get an opportunity that doesn't look like Bell's going to play, although he was walking without a limp and so on and so forth at the media during the week. But it's going to be a tough one to see him playing this week. And uh, with him out, it'll be interesting to see how they do. If they get a win this week, get him back next week, I think they're a serious threat in that division. Obviously, the secondaries had issues this year, but I wouldn't rule them out. And then, of course, uh, the Colts. I think with Andrew Luck, you always have a chance of mounting a comeback in any game, but... Really, DJ, I think there's more chance of the wildcard teams in the AFC mounting the charge than uh, the ones in the NFC, but that's the beauty of the playoffs <laughs> each and every week. There'll definitely be a couple of shocks this week. There'll be a few shocks next week, and we'll see who ends up in Arizona in the Super Bowl. But DJ, uh, really and truly, that there takes us through everything on today's show. We had uh, Ross Tucker on the podcast earlier. Thanks to Ross, as always, for coming on. Check out his podcast. Give him a follow on Twitter. It's at Ross Tucker NFL. We'll be doing another competition, DJ, maybe even two this week, maybe one Saturday, one Sunday. We'll see We'll see how it lines up, how generous we're feeling. But a couple of more T-shirt giveaways for the rest of the season. We'll be doing that. Stay tuned to the Twitter feed, which is at Overtime Ireland. So, DJ, really, uh, until we're back on Monday after the wide card weekend, which I'm really looking forward to, I guess all that's left to say is I'm Colm. And I'm DJ. And until then, have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Check out OvertimeIreland.com and continue to spread the word. This has been an Overtime Ireland production.